Welcome to the Pro Church Marketing Podcast. Are you a church leader or nonprofit director that wants to reach more people online? If so, you're going to want to listen to what John O'Long has to say about the latest trends in online marketing for churches and faith based nonprofits. Here's your host, John O'Long. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for watching this. I've got my good friend, Brian Widmer, pastor at Union Chapel Church with us. How's everything going, man? What's going on, John? I appreciate the invite. Everything's good. How about you? Yeah, all good, man. Just doing what we do, staying busy like everybody else, I suppose. But um, anyway, so man, tell tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about Union Chapel. What's going on there? Yeah, man. Um, so my name is Brian Widmer. I've been in the Monroe area for the last 15 years and just pursuing students and other stuff. And so I've been involved with Union Chapel and they've kind of been in a, in a progression of um, they've been Methodist the majority of their ministry. If they've pursued over the last um several months, maybe six, seven months to kind of change towards a, a broader scope and reach um, in their mission and everything. So they're moving to a non-denominational model. And I begin to help them kind of walk through that. And in the process, God kind of joined their hearts and my heart and put it together, showed that he kind of had a bigger plan the whole time. And so my family's been here serving for about nine weeks now. Nine weeks, man. Okay. So, so you are fresh in there, man. You're still learning your way around the building, which speaking of the building's been there, like you came into a, a church that's been around for, for a while, right? This, uh, this church has deep roots, real rich history, um, way back into the, the, the Wesleyan days and, and circuit rider preachers and, um, their their original chapel was built in late 1800s. It was land that was donated, and now over the time they've got um, the chapel that was built, and it's kind of been refaced a few times. A little fellowship hall, um, a main worship, new building across campus, and they've purchased in total 41 acres here that they can host and do different functions and events. Gotcha. Cool. So, so the church has been there a while. <clears throat> you're the new guy. <laughs> you're you're a young guy, and at a at an older established church. In fact, you're you we we went to high school together. So you're yeah. you're like you're one year behind me. But I think are you 42? I will be next month. Okay. January, All right. Two months. Okay. I'll be 43 in March. So we're you know we're it's about a year there. So so anyway, you're yeah you've been there nine weeks. You're the new guy. So tell me a little bit about the the makeup of the church and the community context and where things are and where you want to be. Well, when you hear the word Monroe, when you and I went to high school, it meant something totally different than it means now. Yeah. Um, The demographics, the progression of life and movement. Monroe (laughs) is a totally different area. And yeah. so when you hear a church in Monroe, you might think of downtown events, some of the new restaurants, new shops. You might think of new concerts. 
but we are way out on Pinnell, almost to where Madison and Walton County meet. And if you look out, it's nothing but fields, cows. It's super agriculture. Um, yeah. A lot of harvesting, still working farmers, blue collar. Like it's, it's a really interesting dynamic to be called Monroe. Because 10 minutes down the road, not even 10 minutes, you yeah. have downtown Monroe, which is over the past 10 years become very hipster town. Yes. Cool. It's almost like cool college town without a college. And you can walk anywhere you want in town here. Um, they film movies and TV shows yes. all the time. And, um, but you're not far, but, but it feels far. Probably eight miles, maybe. But you mm-hmm. go side by side, a uh, golf cart or four-wheelers, how you get around out here. So it's a totally different way of life. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So what's the, what's the church like? Man, I'll tell you... Um, you know, when you go into a church, you immediately look at the calendar, look at the program, what's going on. They either have a ton of over-programming or it seems they're like way under-programmed. Yeah. Um, this church, being that it has some really deep Wesleyan um, methodical roots, had some really good structure to it. And the church itself um, has a great base of people. Um, that are willing to work and are already doing things. So, you know, when you start a new church or you plant or, you know, you walk in, you don't know who's setting up chairs, who's breaking down tables. And the beautiful thing when I got here is it was pretty much just like at the beginning, show up and preach, just teach the word. That's what we want. Um, And there's somebody showing up to unlock doors, to lock behind. It was just a real sweet, already um, organic family atmosphere where everybody was doing a little bit yeah so it, it it's really sweet to to meet a church that has history and has some longevity but is still in the trenches still going to work for things so as a new guy as a young guy and and you're somebody who i know has got a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and uh you're just all around just kind of a passionate dude. Uh, you come in and, and I, I know the temptation for anybody is when you're in a new situation, you see everything that everybody else has kind of gotten used to. Yeah. And and they're comfortable with and you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this needs to fix. So uh, but then you got to balance that with you can't just be the bull in the china shop and come in and like, all right, new sheriff in town. We're changing everything. So how are you? How are you leading through that? I wish I, I wish I could tell you that I've done well at that. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could tell you that I've done well from day one at that. Um, but I've learned over the years. And so here it's been really good. I kind of just looked at the programming. We sat down with some of the elders and the, the boards and committees and said, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, this is what's going super well. And these are some things that I really love. If we leave this as is, will you allow me to go to work here? And um, they were really receptive. Like, we like this, and these are some areas we want to work on. And it just so happened, as God put us together, where they were looking to expand and do things, is where God kind of had gifted me, you know, um, and kind of empowered me to do it. So, 
it was a lot easier than most that we didn't really have to sift through and push, but it was kind of that give and take. Hey, I'm good with this. Can we work here? What's best for the overall family and kind of pick and choose where to put our efforts in. That makes sense. So, so think of the guy prop, maybe a little bit younger than you still getting, get his feet wet in ministry and he's walking into a similar context <laughs> maybe even his first church and man, he, you know, he's ready to just take things head on. What, what advice do you have for the young guy who's, who's new and established, but in an established environment or context, you know, what, what, what advice have you got for the, for the new pastor? This is what I would say has been um, super helpful and healthy and um, honoring in my circles to, to go in and look at everything, be patient. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm one that once I get in first gear, I kind of skip over to sixth gear. I don't like to hit the middle ones. It's just go, go, go. Right. But um, I met with staff. I implemented some things. I did a survey right off the bat. And, you know, do you consider yourself a member? How long have you been coming here? What are your favorite memories? What do you like and what would you like? So I kind of asked some questions to probe what their interest was moving forward. And then I just began to pray and said, God, give me a, a word, vision, um, a verse, a word, something that I could kind of wrap our, our new year coming into January around and then focus. Okay, um, we have a, a 10 o'clock service. We have an 11 o'clock service. One is traditional, one's contemporary. All right, mm -hmm. given that word, how do those fit in that that theme or that scope that the staff and church is going towards? Um, you may have summer camps or you may have this Easter program or you may have this fall festival. How does that fit in with God's theme? He's And so everything we're building, we're not saying yes or no to, we're looking at it in the the grand scheme of, okay, this is what God's called us to. Does that bring us closer or does that distract from the mission God has given us currently? Gotcha. Cool. Good stuff, man. So, so thinking about the church and, and the community, um, sometimes it's can be difficult to, uh, help a, a church that's been around a long time and, and maybe set in some of their ways uh, to grow and, and reach new families. So what are, what are you doing? Uh, what's your vision for that? And what are you doing to, to reach new people, to reach new families? That's a, that's a really tough journey to navigate. Um, yeah. It can be, it can be. Um, so what I did right off the bat is, um, you know, we had a good core group, which everybody needs and is a blessing. It was just a, a deep, just a, a little core group. And um, as word got out organically, that's kind of how I tend to do ministry is personal invite. You know, I'd do some marketing things, but nothing really super gimmicky, just really face one-on-one -on -one, um, invite. We begin to grow and we begin to see right off the bat, there's some structures that weren't in place. Um, some, um, some scaffolding that needed to be there for whether it be security or safety or follow up things that, um, you only get that one 
one first impression, how do you do that well? Right. And so we really just spent a lot of time thinking, how do we captivate? How do we make sure kids are safe? How do we focus on worship in the word? Um, and then when they come, how are they greeted? How are they assisted? How do we love? And then what do we do on follow-up? So when we started putting things in place, I saw the first couple of weeks, we had a lot of transient people check in, check out, say, hey, it was great to see faces, um, but they didn't really stick around right away. And then once we started getting some of those processes in place, we started to see a lot more retention. And I know we're only talking two or three months here, yeah. but that shows you how quickly sometimes putting a process in place is actually very beneficial for the admin of the overall church. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking strategically and, and having, I, I think having the fresh set of eyes like that you're bringing and, and, you know, a, a guy with young kids and really, I think it's yeah. easy for churches to just get comfortable and forget what it's like to be a first timer. And so you walking in, you know, can provide that. And just that alone, I well, think and, will improve and If you come from a program-oriented church, you immediately start going, wow, that's not done. This isn't done. Whoa, this isn't done. But it, it's it's really wild because some people thrive on programs. Yeah. Um, and then this family structure where if you got five kids, you just teach the class. Like, it's a total different dynamic than a lot of your new um, multi-site churches that are one-offs or have this cliff note version to go launch. But when I got here, like if there wasn't a kid's teacher, a parent got up and taught, like it was, it was a really sweet, but unscalable dynamic. Yeah. Unpredictable dynamic. What if someone gets sick or what if you have too many kids that are two years old versus six years old? Yeah. And, and so they were very gracious to allow me to put those processes in place, give some age groups, get an online sign up going. So we know predictability who's going to be here. And the yeah. same person doesn't teach for four weeks in a row and get burned out. You may have vacation. Yeah. So just doing some things to kind of build some structure around and support and to have some healthy boundaries really led to a lot of us working together and it took it off of one guy coming in as a bull in a china shop and it was okay we're all doing this together and all working at it yeah well and the good thing you know people uh, people want to be led and uh, i don't know how long they went without a pastor before you got there but um you know even if it was just a week, like people yeah. want, people want to be led. And so, you know, you, you've got, uh, you've got some, some, for lack of a better term, leverage there, you know, to make some well, progress. And, and it was sweet because place. being part of the Methodist, you know, overall large denomination, they send a lot of people in and out. That's just kind of their yeah. model. So it's been a long time since this church was able to say, I want this person. They That's just right. received right. who they got. So it was kind of really beautiful for me because I got to choose them. But the beauty was they got to say whether they chose my family. So it was a really neat union. 
yeah. that's a little different than they're used to and that I was used to. That's cool. But it, it seems like that would it would have to make the bond uh, stronger between you and and the congregation oh, than, yeah. than they probably had with any other new leader that steps in who was assigned to them. You're right. And because sometimes if you're assigned, you kind of worry about being accountable to whoever sent you versus the people you're serving. But as much as I love to get in and work and, and do and do ministry, um, the way that we came together really put a huge burden on my heart to slow down, build sustainable ministries, to be yeah. really thoughtful of who was here, how they've done it, and how we can do it um, with the, the same excellence and even deeper in the future. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. Well, we'll go ahead and land this plane, but I really appreciate you giving us some time. Good stuff to think about there. And, uh, man, I appreciate it. And uh, we need to do this again soon. Jono, it was an absolute honor. Thanks, man. I always love cutting up with you, hanging out, talking Jesus. Have a great day, buddy. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for personalized suggestions to help grow your organization by reaching more people online, please email Jono at faithworksmarketing.com.